Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. This is another week of the Falcons coaching search. One of the big differences this week is I've got my co-host back, Nick Kendall over here. Proud Papa had his baby on January 4th and is already back here working with us. What's really changed, though, since, you know, in the last two weeks? Nick's a dad. The entirety of NFL has lost its mind. Uh, eight coaching changes, maybe nine before the day is over. Uh, Nick Saban's out. Michigan wins a national title outright for the first time, I think, in my lifetime. And I'm old. Mm -hmm. Um it's been a crazy few days here, Nick. What happened? We, we've missed you. I don't know. I haven't been sleeping. So uh, that's a, uh, <laughs> I'm glad, just glad to be here. Uh, I did get a chance to watch the national championship and I watched the games on Sunday, but didn't get a chance on Saturday. Just whirlwind of everything. Uh, we've been uh, not having too many complications, but he was having some troubles uh, keeping the weight on. So we had to go back to the hospital for uh, four days. So that was a, uh, it's been a lot, but uh, we're here now not to overshare and excited to have a little bit of a a breakaway um, from everything and get a little normalcy back in my life with the football stuff while uh, the wife and the pets and uh, the little guy uh, get some sleep. Yeah, I know it's it's scary anyway, and that's really scary. You know, some people asked about you and stuff, and I just said, hey, just like all new parents, keep them keep them in your their thoughts and prayers. They need it, and so you know we've been we've been thinking about you for sure. Um, Glad to have you back, my friend. You've been missed. Um, we go live on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays because we like not just doing a podcast and recording here ourselves talk, but we like interacting with, with y'all. That's why we go live. So we appreciate you being here today. And some folks that came in nice and early, like Michael Ranquillo. He says, good morning, Scott, on the Falcons podcast. Good morning. And Nick is back. We'll do a little Broncos for breakfast after this. And... Um, and Michael's got some news for us, too, and this is correct. Michigan, speaking of Michigan, Michigan Wolverines coach Jim Harbaugh is in L.A. meeting with the Chargers about their head coach. So, again, there are eight openings. I can't even keep track of all of them right now off the top of my head. I didn't write them down, but there are eight openings, maybe nine before the day is out. Uh, so there's going to be, you know, and Jim Harbaugh is going to be one of the top candidates out there. I'd say one of the top three or four candidates out there, Nick. Yeah, he's been flirting with the NFL for years. He's now been on the mountaintop at Michigan, and it sounds like the bureaucratic boa constrictor that is the NCAA is, you know, just slowly draining the life out of Harbaugh as far as what goes on at Michigan. Uh, you see J.J. McCarthy make the jump as well, where there's a lot of debate, the quarterback of Michigan. Uh, and he makes the jump to the NFL and a lot of talk of, well, if he's if Harbaugh's back, McCarthy might be back because right now he's a probably a mid first round pick, late first round pick. And he'd have a chance to, you know, work his stock up to number one overall in another year in Michigan, considering he's only 20 years old. And the other guys in this class, mostly, you know, 23. Uh, so the fact that McCarthy's out, you see Roman Wilson jump. Uh, I think a lot of the signs point to Harbaugh finally making the leap. He also hired a big time uh, NFL coaching agent as well where before he kept his college guy i uh, don't know the names there apologies to that so uh will be uh interesting i do think he makes the jump we'll see uh raiders chargers commanders uh there, there's going to be somewhere where they bring in harbaugh yeah i i've said it all along if this if he doesn't leave this time after all the bs he went through and and then winning it mm -hmm. then let's we i don't want to hear jim harbaugh's name in the nfl again we're done i'm done yeah. i'm not going to talk about it anymore uh, at this point, it's like, okay, fool me once, fool me 10 times. We're done talking about it. Um, 
John Harrell comes in. He says, good morning, Scott and the crew. I'm just going to say, I don't want Bill Belichick. He has a losing record without Brady. Um, I'm any, a losing coach with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. <laughs> That's where he was beforehand. I think he had an 11 and five season the year. Was that with Flynn or castle? I get those confused. Flynn was in was green castle. Bay. It was castle. Is Castle uh, with Castle? I think he went eleven and five that year. That uh, they changed the rule about going low on quarterbacks because Brady got hurt in the very first game after going low. Now let's change that rule about going low uh, in the defensive backfield too, please. Uh, Nick, you heard me talk about um, was it Eddie Jackson last year? You've heard me spit his name out about going low, ankle biting Kyle Pitts. We saw it last night again, another torn ACL like that. I'm like, it's like, well, you can't go low and you can't go high. You can go midsection, you can go thighs, you can go shoulders. You just don't have to hit somebody in the kneecap or the helmet. There's a lot of space in between there. But I digress. Yeah, I don't want I, Bill. I don't want Bill Belichick for a lot of other reasons. Um, not just that I think he can't do it anymore. I just don't think that this team's really in a championship window, and that's the only reason you would hire Bill Belichick. I think you got a lot of good pieces here, obviously, and the big one is the quarterback. If you can pair Bill Belichick with a sturdy quarterback coming in and just let Bill Belichick do more of the offense and uh, defense and bring in a good offensive coordinator with him as well, I mean, anything can happen. I mean, we just saw what Detroit did. What about Houston? I mean, the turnaround they had in one season. So uh, I think that on paper, you guys have enough pieces uh, that uh, – Anything could be possible here. It's not like the no offense to my Broncos, but you look at the roster. It's like, what are we building with here? We don't have any, we don't have building blocks at all. Uh, but I think you do have some here. So never say never. Personally, I would prefer to get more, a little bit of a younger mind in here than Bill Belichick. Uh, but it's uh, there's a lot of good names out there. It's kind of funny. I mean, a lot of the guys we talked about the coaching search back in November, Scott, and I'm almost the top three that I listed then are still my top three. I don't know if that's my own confirmation bias going on here, but uh, it's uh, we'll see how it plays out. No, the first, the, I think the, the, the first three guys I think I named were Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, and I think I went, um, it's kind of fallen off with the Eagles, but he was the Eagles offensive coordinator. That was Brian Johnson. That was Brian Johnson. Okay, I think those were the yeah. three that I had at the time. Um, and I think we've got, the top two are still going to be slow and bench. You mean you said Ben Johnson, right? You said Brian Johnson twice. You meant to the. Ben I've done Johnson. that. I've done that a few times. Ben okay. Johnson, Detroit. Yes. Detroit is who okay. I said with Bobby Slowick. Brian Johnson was my third with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's why I keep mixing those guys up. Those were. Yeah. But I think Brian Johnson has fallen off just a little bit. Ben Johnson. I, I did that last week too. I'm old. Apologies. Uh, you know, it's not all Edward Brown coming in here. He says a Falcon season that was started with a bang, ended with a dud. What's interesting is catching a couple of teams fairly early on their way up. They beat two of the teams that are still alive. Couldn't beat the Panthers. Couldn't beat the Commanders. They beat the Packers. They beat the Texans. Yeah, that's ascending, ascending teams with good coaching, good young quarterbacks. They get better as the season goes on. That's how it's supposed to work. Falcons look worse as the season went on. They looked worse. Their quarterback play looked worse. The longer that we saw Taylor Heineke play, it's like, okay, come in and give a spark and then fall off. The longer we saw those guys, Edward, certainly appreciate the super chat is uh, well received, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate you, Edward. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Falcons team. They did start somewhat with a bang and, you know, kind of mimicking the Broncos too. I mean, the Broncos beat the bleeping Chiefs, the Bills, 
the uh, the Packers as well. We, I mean, I was at that Packer game. Finally saw Broncos victory for the first time in my life uh, <laughs> in person. So it's the, but the main point is it's the NFL, right? Every game is hard. You're going to beat the best teams sometimes. You're going to beat the worst teams sometimes. I'll never forget the undefeated, was it 11-0, 13-0 Packers went into Kansas City with against the one-win Kansas City team. I think that was the year before Andy Reid got there. Packers are going to kill him. Packers are going to kill him. No, Chiefs win that one. Anything can happen in the NFL. It's not college football where you have SEC versus, you know, children of the poor state A&M. Uh, that um, never happens there. So NFL is yeah. a lot different beast. You can you can have any given Sunday, but any given month, <laughs> any given season, yeah. Sample it's gonna, you're going to tell that, you know, the, the, the standings don't lie yep. for the most part. Um, it's the same you know, with players too, right? Yeah. I mean, you see a guy come in, you talk about Taylor Heineke, maybe somebody comes in for a spark. Okay, well... Pump the brakes there, not too high, not too low. What is the six games show? What is what is you know what are we what are we seeing here overall? Josh um, Dobbs. Yeah, it's it's really you got you always want to don't crown people too early. Just kind of you know pump the brakes and we'll uh, we'll see as we gather more data. Rusty Morcom in with the super appreciate you, Rusty. He says Bill Belichick seen boarding Arthur Blank's private jet on Sunday. I hadn't seen that one. I know that Rob Gronkowski was talking you know on TV as one of his in-studio analyst type saying that the Falcons are going hot and heavy for Bill Belichick. Now, if the Falcons did that, you'd think they'd stand a good chance, but who would be, uh, who could jump in the ring and be the the leader for Bill Belichick right now? Over Bill Belichick? I mean, if you're no, looking no, for... No, 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 Oh. Let's say the Falcons do want Bill Belichick. Oh, I see what you're saying. I know who, where you're going. Who, who could throw their hat in the ring that could uh, could throw a, a wrench in that in those works? Because I'm looking at it thinking, yeah, octogenarian, septogenarian, they could work together here with, you know, Bill Bill Belichick's a young dude. He's a, he's a spring chicken compared to Arthur Blank. He looks down and says, "You got another ten years in you, kid." Yeah. Um, but who could? Uh, let's say they they want to do that. Who could throw a wrench in those works? I think I know where you're setting me up here. I appreciate it. I need it with the lack of sleep that I've been getting. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, we saw everybody on TV yesterday, Jerry Jones, beside himself, and rightfully so, getting eviscerated by the Packers. I don't think I've seen a – I'm glad that – thank God for the Rams uh, versus Lions game last night because clunkers of a playoff super wild card weekend as we saw so far. And that Packers at Cowboys game, absolutely shocking. Dan Quinn. Take take his name out of the head coaching search. What the heck is going on there? I don't, don't want. I talk about trusting the broader sample size, but they've been trending down the second half of the season. Uh, so that's one that really rough. Jordan Love had the best EPA per pass game in that uh, Green Bay Packers history. He had the best DVOA game passing in Green Bay Packers history. And you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Bart Starr. Obviously, the data is and the the game is different since then. But they just I mean, not to get too graphic, we ripped him a new one. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, so the Packers found another franchise quarterback? What the hell? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys opening becomes really interesting there. I don't know if Jerry Jones is going to overreact. I feel like he's become a little less reactionary as time goes on. But, you know, he really wants that ring. He wants to do it his way. And you feel like you're just wasting years, especially, I mean, maybe I'm a Dak Prescott uh, sympathizer, Scott, but Dak's a good quarterback. I, I know he didn't play yesterday, but, like, 37 dropbacks by the – halfway through the third quarter because you're down by so much. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Strap on and take the headset. Have two interceptions right there that ended up leading to it. So while I'm watching that game, Stephen B comes and he says, when did Jordan Love become Patrick Mahomes? I'm having flashbacks back to 2010 when the Atlanta Falcons were 13 and three. And here comes a young Aaron Rodgers speaking of mm-hmm. ripping him a new one. Yeah. 
and the Falcons didn't force the Packers to punt. And uh, I'm texting with my friend as I'm watching the 45 points hit or whatever it was at the time, 41 points. I'm like, I wonder if Dallas will uh, respond by to giving up 41 by trading five picks for a wide receiver. Now, to be fair, the Dallas offense actually contributed heavily to the point total of the Green Bay Packers by giving away interceptions, pick sixes, etc. Whereas, you know, the Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in 2010 just came in here and blew the doors off the Falcons mm-hmm. uh, back in 2010. And our response to that was, let's get another wide receiver with five high draft picks. Uh, now, Julio Jones is great, I know. And I'll leave this one alone. It's been 15 years, Scott. Let it go. Let it go. Um, keeping it real with Houdat Sports Podcast. Good to see you, my friend. One of our Houdat friends says, good morning, Scott. Questions. Will the Falcons let their new head coach hire his entire staff? Or will they insist on picking his offensive coordinator? Also, is Ryan Nielsen a must-keep? I don't believe in must-keeps. I feel like the coaching staff under this uh triumvirate of of McKay and blank has had a little bit more authority of being able to hire their own staff members otherwise you don't end up with Steve Sarkeesian after uh Kyle Shanahan leaves and LaFleur is on that offensive staff and the other LaFleur and Mike McDaniel we're all on that we see that Washington that Washington graphic the same staff was in Atlanta and they hired Steve Sarkeesian as Shanahan's replacement so I don't believe in must keeps. I think it would be great, but um, I, uh, I I think that the, the new the new coach will have the authority to choose his own staff. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the same thing as last season. Again, sorry to relate everything back to the Broncos, but uh, personal experience. But last year, the Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett. Well, as long as we can keep Azure Evero here, we'll be fine. You know, do everything you can to keep uh, Evero. Well, that's just not how it works. These guys are going to bring in who they want to bring in, who they're comfortable with. It's not just the scheme. Uh, you have to have familiarity and trust. I mean, you talk about last year, last offseason, everybody, you and me included, maybe more so me, but raving about the names in the Carolina building, but a bunch of people who had no experience with each other, no trust. And when things you deal with adversity, it's the NFL, you know, are those guys going to be able to work together? It really obviously became no out there in Carolina. So even though Nielsen will be, he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about him landing on his feet considering what he did this year in Atlanta. Uh, but you might not be bringing him in or keeping him uh, just because you want that new coach to come in and have control of who he is, who he trusts. That's so important in building a staff. It's the human element of the coaching staff. Rusty asks, will there be a report of us interviewing Bill Belichick or can it go under the radar because he's technically a free agent? We don't need to request permission. I would think the latter, but there's usually some lawyering and paperwork to go when you make a separation like that anyway. So I don't know. I don't know on that one. And uh, Stephen B actually had a had another comment here about uh, Antonio Pierce, who I actually put on the cover on here. Two guys I had on the cover on this, and we'll we'll hop into some of the, uh, the the coaches that have been interviewed and have been requesting interview. I put Steve Wilkes on there and I put Antonio Pierce. Those were the, 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 the thumbnail for this, this pod. Um, they have to request permission for Antonio Pierce because he's technically still under contract with the Raiders, even though he's interim head coach that doesn't turn him into a free agent. So they still had to request permission. He has not interviewed. So we will see how that goes. However, Steve Wilkes, has interviewed he interviewed over the weekend 
Um, we thought that, that he should have gotten a better look at the head coaching position in Carolina last year. What would you think about him coming to Atlanta with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder? Yeah, I mean, he's done a really good job out there in San Francisco, taking in for D'Amico Ryans. Now, granted, the pieces he has to work with on that defensive line are, I don't want to say unparalleled, uh, but some of the top five in the league, you won't be having that in Atlanta immediately. But he's been considered a just incredible leader wherever he's gone, uh, really relatable to his players and his staff, and can be a really good, uh, I don't want to use the word figurehead, but you know, does all the CEO stuff that you want a head coach to be. It's such a per- interpersonal position there, not just the X's and O's. So Wilkes would be good. Uh, I saw also another guy out there on the California defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, I believe was interviewed. Uh, I know that the the Rams did not have the best game yesterday against the lions, but the way they rebuilt that defense in like one year with like day three picks and putting these guys in just such specific spots uh, and really only paying, you know, Aaron Donald, they made it with like the most, they made the playoffs with the most dead cap. I think of a team ever making the playoffs too uh this year so uh both Wilkes and Morris I think deserve a shout and I know you're a big Morris fan given his time in Atlanta and just the person that he is and kind of a a a tribute not a tribute but showing how people can change and evolve and grow uh to who they are to who they become yeah he he got that job in his early 30s in Tampa and he was brash and arrogant and couldn't back it up uh and then he came to Atlanta and coached for a while and it humbled him you know, these guys can grow. I've said the same thing. I've, I've compared Raheem Morris a little bit to Lane Kiffin. Now, Lane Kiffin is still in the spotlight. He is a head coach, though. Still, Mount, but he kind of makes fun of himself as much as anything. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't stand Lane Kiffin. Couldn't stand him. I, I think he's great now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, a something where it came to them too early before they were really ready for it and they matured. Raheem Morris is somebody that the Falcons have requested. They're going to have to wait a little bit longer now. No, they're not because the no. Rams are out. That was uh, the Rams are out. So Raheem Morris. So let's go through the names real quick of the players, the the coaches that have uh, been requested for interviews that have not interviewed: Antonio Pierce, Raiders; Aaron Glenn, uh, Raheem Morris, Ben Johnson, and Bobby Slowick. The Coaches who have gotten interviewed already, got interviewed all the weekend, were Anthony Weaver, Ravens. He's an assistant coach. Giro Evero, defensive coordinator, Carolina Panthers. Steve Wilkes, former defensive coordinator and, and interim head coach of Carolina Panthers of the 49ers right now. Mike McDonald, I think that might have been the third one that you had referenced earlier, saying he was my one of my top three. Mike McDonald yeah. was one of your top three candidates. Um has also been requested. Uh, he actually did interview. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting these mixed up. Because they had the bye week, so they can do yeah. the interview. Yep. <laughs> uh, Steve Wilkes, Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator, Cincinnati Bengals, and Mike McDonald uh, of Baltimore Ravens interviewed over the weekend. The player, yeah, the, one the guys thing- who have been requested but have not interviewed yet, Raheem Morris, Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick. Yeah, the one thing, I'm a big fan of Mike, McDan- uh, Mike McDonald, been talking about him, I think since last year, Scott, just been so impressed of what he did with that uh, Baltimore Ravens defense, uh, you know, replacing uh, Wink Martindale out there, the blitz heavy scheme. And what they've done has been, been not the best defense in the NFL. That was the Browns this season, although the Browns got shredded yesterday by uh, Bobby Slowick and CJ Stroud, I guess two days ago. Uh, but McDonald's been great. One thing I am curious about McDonald is he's a little still fresh to the league. And if you have Jim Harbaugh coming to the league, how much does your coaching pool get shriveled up? Because I think those guys are going to be going after a lot of the same names, given just how overlapped 
their staffs are. Now there's pl- good coaches to go around for sure, but that's something that like a, if you're coming in as a first time head coach, who can you bring in that, you know, will stabilize things that you can lean on. Now you got Har- uh, other Harbaugh, not John, but Jim probably coming into the league. What does that mean for the coaching staff? He can bring in, I don't know. It's all those things that are, it's really hard for us to say from where we're at. Cause we can judge the product on the field, but we're not in there. We, we can't tell you who's, you know, really great engaging the players or drawn up the best, uh, doing the best coaching. Uh, a lot of times it's more so the players than the coaches, I believe at this level, but it's uh he'd be great. He's a really fascinating mind. What they've done with pressures up front there and just getting different pieces. Uh, love McDonald, love Slowick and uh, love Johnson. You're gonna have to wait on all those guys to make an official announcement though, as they're all heading to the uh, divisional round. Now, my swanker asked, would a veteran coach and veteran quarterback be better than a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback? Now, I, I've kind of shaken my head at the social media. I'm not saying Falcons fans because the social media fans the, the, that are out there don't necessarily represent like this sample size of people who are actually, you know, fairly informed and logical because all I swear, Nick, I'm, as I look under every candidate that gets posted, we don't want that guy. We want to establish veteran head coach who's been there and done that before. I'm like, all right. One, there's eight openings. Two, who is that guy? Who is that established veteran head coach that you really want? Bill Belichick? No, no, he's too old. Dan Quinn, are you joking? Forget it. Well, Mike McCarthy now? No, he's a choker. Raheem Morris? Oh, he failed at Tampa Bay. Jim you see where I'm going with this? Is it Jim Harbaugh? Is that the one? <laughs> yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Good luck. G- good yeah. luck. Yeah, I'd go after Jim Harbaugh too. But there's going to be nine other teams going after him. So let's talk about other candidates who you could possibly get. We don't want another first-time head coach. Okay, so you're going to get a retread who has also failed. Now, everybody's going to have a red flag. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So you can't – nobody's going to agree on, on all of them. So – you start asking, and this is a good question. Would you rather have a veteran coach and veteran quarterback? Of the candidates out there, I would take Jim Harbaugh in a heartbeat. After that, I said I would my my top two candidates would be Bobby Slowick, who would be young, and that would be risky. But the Falcons haven't been to the playoffs in forever. You know, take a risk. Take a risk on a high reward instead of I don't I don't mind a risk. What do you have to lose as the Atlanta Falcons right now? You've got What's the last winning season you had? 2017? Oh, we could really stink for the next few years. Okay, well, we're used to that. You could be really good, too. So I would rather have probably go with this group of candidates. I would probably rather go with a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback. You could say, give me Bobby Slowick and one of the big three quarterbacks right now. If you could say Ben Johnson and one of the top three quarterbacks right now, I would snatch your hand off for it. I would take Jaden Daniels and Ben Johnson in a freaking heartbeat right now for this team. Yeah, I'm. It's hard to say what Ben Johnson would be like with a quarterback like Jaden Daniels, given how Goff is probably the best or second best pocket oriented quarterback in the NFL right now, and that's not really Jaden Daniels' game. He hits that drop back and then looks to become a runner. Uh, so that and that's worked for him at the college level, but it's a, not as a one for one of a transition. But we can get into the weeds there if that uh, hire comes to fruition. Ben Johnson would be my number one as well. We'll see what happens. I know that he is a highly sought after candidate. Uh, does seem, I saw a comment in here, the, the one then I keep hearing the commanders as the favorite for Johnson, but who knows? Uh, there's a lot of good coaching candidates out there and coaches are really hard uh, to guarantee who's going to be good, who's going to hit or not. You don't really know until they're in that position because going from coordinator to the uh, 
head coach spot is a totally different job. And also the situation around them uh, can be totally different. I mean, we always use the example. I mean, Bill Belichick flamed out with the Browns. Mike Shanahan was terrible uh, with the Raiders. You know, guys can hit that second one and boom, there it goes. Uh, so it's not always the uh, the rookie guy. But, you know, it doesn't matter if you get the rookie too. I remember last year, Scott, a lot of people, Broncos need a veteran head coach. They can't go back to the rookie well for a third time in a row. I'm like, well, that D'Amico Ryan's guy, I really like him. I think if you had a chance, you know, mm-hmm. take him. It's I don't care if they're first time, second time, third time. Get the best dude in here. Right. Uh, it's really, that's it's that hard and that simple. So I'm not too worried about that. No, and the the one thing I want to caution y'all about is, well, look at what D'Amico Ryan's and, and CJ Stroud did. First time ever, <laughs> ever. So yes, it can be done. Anything can be done. But, and, and the Falcons roster is good. But if you go with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, I'm not going to judge them based on D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud. That is the exception to the rule that they might struggle year one. The rule is they struggle year one. Jerome says, let's go get Mike McDonald. He's from here, raised here. And after what New Orleans did the last game, we need a coach that understands the culture and, and the city that will build. That's a good shout. He's been interviewed. Let's uh, We will keep an eye on that one for sure. Um, of the guys that have been interviewed, Anthony Weaver, could that be an interview for a promotion? Defensive coordinator, possibly, if you bring in Mike McDonald Ooh. or even Todd Monken? They haven't, inter- they haven't requested an interview for him which I thought's a little strange if you're going to go interview half the staff of Baltimore. Um, but that seems like a bit of a stretch to say jump from position coach to head coach when you're also interviewing basically his boss and the defensive coordinator. You're absolutely right. It's about uh, getting in the potential of bringing somebody in. Are you comfortable with them? If you can pair that with a Mike McDonald or just in general, um, just bringing another defensive coordinator candidate here. So teams do this all the time, interviewing guys like a year early, seeing uh, what they what makes them tick and uh, bringing them in. So I think that's a that's a good call. It's definitely from defensive line to head coach. Not very likely, uh, but defensive line to defense coordinator. Heck, yeah. Uh, Chris Walker coming in. Always good to see you, Chris. Chris is one of the OGs on the Falcons show. I think he might have even been on the very first uh, Forging the Falcons episode. So shout out to you, Chris. Hope you're doing well. I uh, says, morning, Scott, and welcome back. Nick Johnson, you got to say which one because we got uh, two of them, I think, there. But that three Ben mentioned. Johnson. Yeah, not the, the the star has faded a little bit on uh, Brian Johnson out there in Philly. But Johnson and Houston's offensive coordinator, my top choices for head coach. I know everybody wants the offensive-minded guy. I am still a huge fan of Mike McDonald. I think when we did that show, Scott, my top three were Slowick, McDonald, and uh, Ben Johnson, and I'm still still there uh, with all three of those guys. Although if Harbaugh's available, especially with where the roster is at right now, I wouldn't be totally against that, especially you're actually in range for J.J. McCarthy. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And we got Steve coming in too saying, welcome back, Nick. Congrats. Hi, Scott. Yes. Yeah, love the, uh, the grandpa dad picture. My, my parents come out here in a, a few weeks still. We got the mother-in-law in town. Thank God. Otherwise I don't know what had happened with my pets when we were back in the hospital, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The head coaching spot and shout out to you, Steve. Good to see, uh, grandpa Kennedy there. Also Tim Taylor coming in saying it's all a smoke screen. Everything's a smoke screen. No, trust nobody. Arthur blank isn't interested in any of the coaches. I believe his mind is already made up about Bill Belichick. I think I mostly agree with you, Tim. Again, the wild card, though, is the Cowboys. If that Cowboys spot becomes open, I guess Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones have become really cozy uh, with each other over the owners, uh, coaches meetings over the past few years that uh, if they did fire Mike McCarthy, I think that Jerry Jones would be really aggressive and uh, go after Bill Belichick. And 
I think that honestly, I would take the Atlanta gig uh, over the Cowboys gig, but there is something about the luster and the money and the fame of that Cowboys job that you're just never going to get with Atlanta. It's still the Dallas Cowboys. They're the, they're the biggest franchise in American sports. More than the Yankees, more than the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dallas Cowboys. And then, then Yankees after that, Uh, you know, and I say, you know, with Dak Prescott, it's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is the highest profile position in American sports. Now you can have somebody that can rise above that individually, but as far as what position automatically comes with the most scrutiny, you'd say, oh, shortstop, Yankees, you know, catch or whatever. It's quarterback Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan agrees. He says the Cowboys look like the Falcons in 2010. Yes, yes, they did. Um, Redshaw asked something about Bill Belichick bringing in a staff. Who might that be? Other than Josh McDaniels, man, I, I don't know. You just, you know, I don't think he'd have trouble getting guys to come work for him. I mean, not that you get offer somebody a promotion. They usually want to take a promotion in the NFL. Um, but I just, I think, uh, another part of that, that Tim about Bill Belichick is again, if, even if his mind's made up, doesn't mean you can get him want doesn't get. So it would be a, a little disappointing. I think to like go through all these 10 interviews. And if you got all of them interviewed, cause some of them might turn it down before they get it and then just go ahead and hire Bill Belichick. That would be, that wouldn't sit that well with me, honestly. Yeah. I don't, I think again, I just, I don't mind too much. Just get the best guy in here. That makes sense. You can get the best staff and somebody who has a vision for all the pieces in place. I mean, this is a good gig here in Atlanta. The path to the playoffs is not that difficult. You have a third place schedule next season. Uh, so I, you have pieces in place. Granted, you don't have the quarterbacks. So that's what makes a position like the Falcons job versus the Chargers job so interesting. Well, Chargers, you have to go through Mahomes and you have a lot of work to do, but you have a probably a top five redraft level quarterback in Justin Herbert out there. So if like they were, if the whole league was available for a draft, Justin Herbert would probably be a top five pick in my opinion. Uh, so uh, versus the Falcons who, you know, really good infrastructure defenses, maybe a little bit temporary, not a lot of building blocks on defense, so to speak, but some good offensive pieces, good bones, as I've said in here a few times. And, uh, but not, not the quarterback. And if you don't have the quarterback, you're not going anywhere. So really just going to be some fun, fascinating, you know, forging, building the Broncos philosophical conversations here with these teams. So the athletic last week mocked the Falcons making the trade with the bears to get up to number one and taking Caleb Williams. I we'll see. I think all tea leaves point to the, the bears keeping that pick. I think all three pick their, I think all three keep their pick and all three go quarterback. Then you are the, watching everybody else dance and you are sitting there, the Falcons, you know, I'm sad that you won as many games as you did and sitting here trying to convince yourself that Penix, Knicks or McCarthy are worth the pick when really I would not feel great about any of them uh, personally right now in the top 10, but uh, it's tough. He said, where would you, if you were doing a draft, where would you have Jordan love Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen rank in this year's draft? Um, They would be behind the, the two quarterbacks, they'd, they'd still be behind Drake May and Caleb Williams. You're talking um, about them as uh, prospects coming out. Yeah, as, as prospects, because none of those guys went number one overall. Lamar Jackson went like 20. Jordan Love went in the teens, I think. Pat Mahomes went uh, lower half of the top 10. Josh Allen was six, somewhere in that neighborhood, five yep. or six, seven, seven. in yep. there. None of those guys went number one or number two overall. So um, now if I'm drafting right now, 
I'd probably go Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jordan Love, just with a little bit more of a sample size if I was picking a team to build around right now. I would probably flip Allen and Jackson, uh, but uh, that's that's just me. I think what Allen does, both those guys, I don't want to argue elites, right? Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're I, I'd go Lamar over Josh Allen. Yeah, um, turnovers make a big difference there. I worry about injuries, but um, again, it could still catch up with Josh Allen here before too long. Yeah. Uh, as far as Weaver goes, associate assistant head coach too. That's a title thing. Uh, I'm more interested in what they do. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't want to go from a position coach to a, at least not at this level. If you want to go backwards and say, okay, we're going to hire him as the next head coach of the University of Virginia Cavaliers. Okay, that's fine. But I don't want to go from a position coach without having any coordinator experience to a head coach. That's just just my um my thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, there's this little discussion in here. I've kind of ignored it. Uh, Anthony, as far as the talk about Terry Fontenot making a trade for that, no, that's, that's BS. It's going on in Facebook. Has, hasn't happened. No, no trade there. Um, the deadline today for the, actually we're talking about all this. The deadline today, Caleb William hasn't declared for the NFL draft. Today is the deadline. Full declare mm-hmm. for the NFL draft. CJ Stroud also waited until the last day last year. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yep, it's he did. Um, I said, and Chris Walker says, I think the stuff that I've heard about Williams is a big concern and worry. Not me. There's been a campaign going against Caleb Williams for a long time. I'd be interested in go to the combine, do your interviews, ask the coaches about him, go talk to his high school coaches, go ask his, the high school baseball coach who didn't even coach him but was around him while he was there. Do your due diligence on this guy. As far as the tools go, he's gifted. He's he's really, really gifted. Yeah, very, very gifted, no doubt. And I agree with you, Scott. I think it's a smear campaign. There's just a lot of uh, actual BS out there. There was, and because of Elon Musk, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but the whole everybody can be verified Twitter stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff that is just lies is getting propagated and passed around like it's a fact like caleb williams is demanding that's been going around before verified twitter accounts so people believe what they want to there's 31 teams that don't have a chance at caleb williams and they're going to talk him down that's just the way it is that's the way it's been since he won the heisman yep uh you had the oh he's demanding part ownership no no he's not oh well he's waiting and he won't go declare until the bears trade the first overall pick no you're getting got they're not true none of it's true uh, so as you said, Scott, they're going to interview them They're They don't really care about the, uh, a lot of the BS and stuff that fans do. They're going to put in their work. I mean, Scott, you and I both know more so you than me, but a lot of these, you know, area scouts, they're not evaluating the traits and the players. I mean, they're kind of figuring out the haves and haves nots, but they're almost like a private investigator yeah. figuring out what makes these guys tick from a work ethic, maturity, and mental standpoint. They're interviewing middle school principals. They're yeah. interviewing, you know, youth uh, leaders in their churches back from when they were, they're, you know, freshman in high school. They're so, watching how they interact with their teammates. Yes. They're watching all of those type of things. They're watching what happens when they throw an interception. They're um, going to strength and conditioning yeah. and watching from all the uh, above. Yeah, that's exactly James, I appreciate it. He says, good to see how your channel has grown on here. Appreciate it. It was about two years ago. We were right at 1,000. We're cruising past 4,500 now. I think we had, last week, we had our biggest episode, most watched episode ever on Wednesday and picked up almost 100 subscribers from it. So I want to thank Woo-hoo. each of you who have hit that subscribe button and given us a chance and those that have been around for a while uh, and helping us build to what we're building to. 
we're going to have a lot of fun with Falcons Broncos uh, Friday show. We'll kick that off when Nick's around. I don't like doing that one by myself nearly as much as we start getting into draft. And then Senior Bowl is for everybody. We're going to have huge Senior Bowl content coming up in about two weeks. So looking forward to that. And I expect the channel to uh, to take another leap uh, across that 5,000 barrier and see where we're going from there. On that note, we are going to get out of here uh, and we're going to go over and talk some Broncos. If you want to follow us over there, we're at Mile High Huddle, YouTube.com or Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle, where we're probably going to be talking a lot of quarterbacks because that's where Denver's looking. We're probably going to start be talking a lot of draft over there if you want to join us. So on that note, Nick, we're going to hop out of here. It's great to have you back. We will be back on Wednesday for the full hour show. So until then, thanks for being here, y'all. We'll see you next time. Peace.